Good to see you. Why don't you turn around and welcome somebody. Say hi to somebody that you did not come with. Wow, full house here. Full house this morning. Can we also welcome those who are joining us online and on WKHJ Radio? Make them welcome this morning as well. Well, as you can see, there's a lot of youth on the uh, platform this morning. So, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot that's good about getting old, um, except you do get to start watching some people grow up. And, uh, and we're blessed on Wednesday nights to have a great group of young people, teenagers and leaders who come out every Wednesday and, uh, and they, do, they do a lot of the ministry themselves, including worship. And uh, today they're going to do worship and some, some, some little preaching and teaching uh, all at the same time. So it's just going to be a great day in the house this morning. Uh, everybody say hi to Jack over here on the, the keys. <laughs> say hello to Caleb Z. Zimmerman here on guitar. In case you don't know it, his twin brother Carl on bass and vocals. Aiden and Tanner over here on the acoustics, say hi to them today. You probably know this guy, Caleb Marsh, back there on the drums this morning. And again, one of the, one of the, uh, the blessings now, Crossroads is 15 years old, so now we've got some age under us. And we, we get to watch some of our kids grow up and then begin to serve the Lord together. And I was being, a, I don't know, a little sentimental this morning. And I pulled up this old picture. Uh, I think we've got it here. And here's Evelyn and Victoria, I don't know how many years ago. But these girls have grown up together and, and they're going to help lead us in worship. So uh, here's what we want to we wanna do. We ask you, don't just stare at them, okay? But enter in and engage because they're here not to perform for you today. They're here to lead us in worship so that we can minister to the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Band, are you ready to go into this next song? Let's do it. Guiding light to my feet 
there, but um, they were supposed to be here today and, and kind of do the emceeing, but they have a new baby girl, uh, Nora, who's uh, having some health issues, and she's actually in the hospital, and so our schedule kind of got changed around. They couldn't be here today, but can we take a moment and pray for little Nora and any other needs that are in the room today? If you have a prayer need, something going on in your life, your family, your body, why don't you just lift your hand right now, and we just want to include you in this prayer. Church, look around. There are people all over the room just lifting their hands. These are our brothers and sisters, and so get one of them in your eyesight, and let's, let's pray for one another here today, okay? Our Father, we thank you that you are the God. I love that line, the God of the possible. God, anything is possible with you. And so we want to lift up those, Lord, who are struggling today. We want to lift up baby Nora to you. We pray, Lord, that you would touch her body, bring life and health and strength. Father God, touch those lungs, Father. We pray, Lord, that the breath of life would just flow through her. We pray for Cameron and Anna today, that your hand would be upon them, that you would take all fear, God, and let them know, Lord, that you're good and you're faithful and you can be trusted, Father. I thank you, Lord. Just surround them with your grace and your mercy today. I lift up everyone in this room, God, who have prayer needs, those who are reaching up to you today, Father. You are a good, good Father who hears and answers the prayers of your people, God. You said that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman would avail much, God. And when we come to you in faith, God, you're a God whose who's, who's ear is not deaf today and your arm is not short today, Father. You're able to work and you're able to move. And we lift up those, Father, who are lifting up their prayer needs to you today. Our brothers and sisters, God, we ask you to touch. We ask you to bring provision. We pray that you touch the mind, you touch the heart, you touch the body, you touch marriages and finances and families, whatever the need is, Father, you know, Father, you're that great high priest who's touched with the feeling of our infirmity today. You're good and you can be trusted. We give you thanks and we give you praise now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, 
Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank our youth worship team for leading us today. Great job. Great job. So uh, a couple of things I just want to bring to your uh, attention. Part of our vision, we kind of have this fourfold vision here at Crossroads Church, and one of those things is to find family. We believe the church is the family of God. And uh, this coming Friday night, we've got a great opportunity for the ladies of the church to get together and to find some new family, some ladies that you can do life with and, and walk uh, you know, arm in arm with and, and pray together and battle together and, and just be those, those kindred relationships that we need in order to keep our faith strong. And so there's a great opportunity to do that this coming Friday night right here in the sanctuary at 6.30. If you've not yet signed up for that, make sure that you sign up today at the welcome counter. Uh, it's going to be a great time of worship and then again just fellowship and encouragement and a lot of good food. And uh, so ladies, sign up and come out and be a part of that. Another part of our vision is to transform lives. And I talked to you a few weeks ago about that and and how oftentimes we, we think that in order to do something great for God, that we have to do something spectacular. But we, we busted that myth and we said, no, God's not, he's not looking for the spectacular. He's just looking for the obedient. He's just looking for the faithful. And when God opens up doors or lays something on your heart to do it, just do it. And then he blesses it. We had a family in the church yesterday. They do a breakfast every year to help raise money for uh, Cindy's fund. They do it uh, in, in honor of a family member who had passed away. And they just got together and fed breakfast to 600 people and raised $18,000. Can you say amen to that? That's the way we transform lives, folks. That's because if you're, if you're one of those cancer patients who, who, who needs some help, Cindy's Fund is right there. And so what we've determined at Crossroads is, hey, we don't have to do everything, but let's find some people that God is using and let's help them do it. And uh, that's one of the, the families here in the church did, and, and lots of you volunteered for that. So thank you so much. A couple of other opportunities. I'll just hit these real quick, but as we go into the holiday, there are some opportunities for you to make a difference and help transform lives here in our community. Uh, next Saturday is the Operation Christmas Child Packing Party that's going to take place up in the youth sanctuary from 10 into noon. And so that's one of our missions outreaches here at Crossroads. We'd love you to come and help pack shoe boxes. And if there's things you want to donate to that, please get them in ASAP, like tomorrow, so we can get it all sorted and put in place and be ready. We want to pack hundreds of boxes next week. And we know we have seen firsthand, we've, we've heard testimonies right from this platform, how those boxes travel around the world and make a huge difference in the lives of children who then end up, you know, they get saved and they serve the Lord. And so it is an easy way to be a missionary. So you can get involved in that. Also, another family in our church doing uh, Samantha Funding the Arts Cornhole Tournament next week. Do we have any cornhole pros in the house? I mean, you just, at the family reunion, you just leave people weeping. And it, all right, all right. If you, you need to get in this, see me after service. We will get you signed up. But if you'd like to volunteer, they need a whole lot of volunteer help, and they do incredible things with our schools and, and homeschool community and, and 
you know, kids to travel, get to travel and do things that they would never got to do if it wasn't for Samantha's fund. So that's another way you can get involved. And then coming up is the biggest fundraiser of the year for the Dove Center, another great organization in our community. They do the Festival of Trees every year, and it's uh, November 25th and 26th. But they need volunteers really starting early in that week, going through the weekend, and then even into Sunday with cleanup. And so if you're interested in volunteering, there's something that anybody there can do. It's a wonderful cause to raise money for the Dove Center who helps so many women and children here in our community. And so if you're saying, hey, how can I get involved? How can I help transform lives? Just gave you three ways to do that. Uh, see us, go on our Facebook page, go on our website. We'll have links to all those things this week so you can get involved. Well, let's take a minute and let's pray over our offering uh, this week. Again, we just appreciate everyone who gives to the ministry so that we can help support all the different things that are going on in our community and, and literally around the world. Easy ways to give here at Crossroads, you can give in the services. There are black boxes uh, at each of our doors. Uh, you can give online, crossroadsthechurch.com, or you can even text to give. Let's pray over this offering today. Father, again, we just thank you. We love you. You're good to us, Father. You are our source. You are our provision. You're our provider. We thank you for all the good works that we see happening as a result of our faith here in Garrett County. We pray that you would continue to bless, Father, those works, that you would put your spirit and anointing upon them and accomplish your will here, Father God, to transform lives. Take this offering. Receive it. Uh, God is an act of worship today. We ask you to bless it and multiply it now, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Well, as we said, we've got a lot of treats for you here today, and uh, we've got a couple of guest preachers right from our own youth group, and I want you to make this first one feel welcome. She's already helped lead you in worship, but now she's going to come and share a message on her heart. Miss Emily Baker, everyone, make her feel comfortable. Everybody, as Pastor Dave said, my name is Emily. I'm 17 years old, and a few uh, weeks ago, I guess, I was given the opportunity to share what was on my heart at youth group. And then Pastor Dave asked me just a few days ago to give the same message today. So if you were at youth group the day I gave this message, you've already heard it, so I hope it's not too boring. But hopefully the Holy Spirit can show you something new and that you can apply to your life. So I'd like to start off by just kind of being very honest with you guys. I have a security blanket. I've had this blanket ever since I was little. When I was little, I was like Linus from Charlie Brown. I would carry that thing everywhere I went. But now that I'm older, I know what's socially acceptable and what isn't. So I don't bring it everywhere anymore. But whenever I'm feeling tired or stressed or sad, I go down into my room and I just kind of cuddle with my blanket. And I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel really, like, warm inside and comfortable. I don't know. Do, have any of you guys ever had or do have a security blanket or animal? Anybody? A few of you. Yeah, great. So I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. So that's probably more information about me than you wanted to know. But it ties in, I promise. So maybe instead of using the word blanket, what if we use a different word? What if instead we use the word Anger and frustration. What if whenever we're feeling tired and sad and stressed, 
we just kind of build up this wall of anger and frustration. And it's not because we're actually mad at people. It's just because that's where we feel the most comfortable. So that's where we're going to kind of hide in, in our little security blanket of anger and frustration. Or maybe instead of that, maybe it's jealousy and bitterness. Maybe you see your friend, they got something nice, and you're like, oh, that's so awesome. Maybe instead of feeling happy for them, maybe instead we go to this jealousy and this bitterness that we think is protecting us because this is where we feel comfortable. But in reality, it's kind of shaking the foundation of our friendship. Or maybe it's just selfishness. Maybe you're at a party and you see somebody in the corner and you're like, you know, they look kind of uncomfortable. I could go talk to them and introduce them to people, but that would be really awkward. That's really out of my comfort zone. I think I'm just going to stay and hang out with my friends over here. Like, I'm guilty of it too, guys. I do it too. We build up this wall of, like, selfishness because this is where we feel comfortable. These negative adjectives I just described, these are called, what Paul calls in Galatians, the desires of the flesh. These come naturally to us because they're comfortable. They're like our security blankets. But Paul says in Galatians 5.24 that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So what does that mean? What does it mean to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires? Well, the flesh and its passions and desires are these negative adjectives. They're anger, frustration, jealousy, bitterness, selfishness. And to crucify basically means to kill. So we as Christians are called to get rid of those negative adjectives. Let me just put this into perspective for you. If I was getting rid of my security blanket, it would be very difficult, okay? I would need somebody to kind of come alongside me and be like, honey, it's okay. Just keep walking, baby. It's going to be okay. There are going to be other blankets out there that aren't nearly as dirty as that one. Just keep walking. Or I might need that person to just kind of be like, that is stupid. You are 17 years old. You need to grow up a little bit, girlfriend. Keep walking. Right? So kind of similar to these security blankets, these negative adjectives are hard to get rid of. And the friend that's going to be there to help you get through that. Human friends are amazing, right? You can learn with them. You can grow along with them. They're awesome. I love my friends. But for this particular circumstance, you're going to want to have the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the bestest friend you could ever have for such a circumstance. He's going to be the one to encourage you and guide you and help you grow and push you off in the correct direction. Galatians 5.16 says, but I say... Paul, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we're walking in the spirit, it'll be impossible to gratify those negative adjectives. So then what does it mean to walk with the spirit? Well, whatever I'm thinking about walking with the spirit, in my head, it's like being in sync with them, you know, like a three-legged race. Have any of you guys ever done a three-legged race? Nobody? Nobody's ever done Okay, a few people, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so you know where you tie your ankle to the other person and you have to walk and think about it. It's gotta be left, right, left, right, left. There we go. So if you aren't in sync, if you're not having that communication, you're gonna fall over. Your friend might fall over, you might hurt yourself, you might hurt them, and ultimately you don't end up winning the race. So being in the step with the spirit is kind of similar. You need to be taking these conscious steps and thinking about it as you go. So what are some of those conscious steps? The first one I have on here is to evaluate your decisions a bit more. 
Maybe instead of being sad over something that happened that day and just kind of dwelling on that and being sad the rest of the day, try choosing joy instead. Or maybe instead of being frustrated at your coworker because they've asked you the same question five times and you've given them the same exact answer but they still can't get it, instead of practicing frustration, maybe try practicing a little more patience and maybe using kinder words. Or maybe instead of practicing that bitterness towards that friend and shaking that foundation, try loving them just a little bit more. So all of these positive adjectives I just described, these are called the fruits of the Spirit. These are the evidences of the Holy Spirit working in you. I don't know why, but like the first time I said that out loud, it kind of like blew my mind. Like I've always known of the fruits of the Spirit and I've always thought of it as a title. And I mean, it is, it's a title for all of those positive adjectives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But it's also like literally means the evidences of the Holy Spirit in you. I don't know why, that blew my mind. So <laughs> making conscious steps, evaluate your decisions. The second one I have on here is prayer, talking to God. That seems pretty self-explanatory, right? You're talking to someone, having a conversation. But something that I tend to forget about prayer that maybe some of you guys do too is like we're not only talking to God, but we're listening to what he has to say. Like, in a conversation with a friend, you're not just going to dump stuff on them and then kind of just walk away. Like, maybe you do. I don't, I don't know. But you're not supposed to. They're going to talk back to you. They're going to talk back to you, and you're going to listen, right? So um, listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And I just want to open with this. The way the Holy Spirit works in you and talks to you is so personal that I cannot tell you how he will individually speak to and talk to you. It's a unique relationship, it's personal. But, um, like, I can give you some examples. One of my friends, like, it could be something as simple as a sermon lining up with a question that you had the day before, it like, that's not coincidence, guys, that is the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Or, like for me, it's through my imagination. Like, I've always had this wild imagination. And the Holy Spirit will have conversations with me in my head. And it's so cool because I'll be talking to him and he'll be talking back to me. But it's all in my head. It's incredible. But, like, for one of my friends, it's something like he, the Holy Spirit speaks to him through signs and through physical things that may have happened. Kind of lining up with that sermon thing. So the Holy Spirit has a unique relationship with everybody. And if he doesn't have a unique and personal relationship with you, he wants one. So pursue that. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I, being our natural selfish desires, those security blankets, no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith and through the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the goal in a Christian's life is to live with the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Holy Spirit at work in us one step at a time, transforming you to be more like Jesus, who was like the coolest person in the world. That's awesome, right? It's not about just doing, 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 and trying to achieve um, the fruits of the Spirit through our own actions. It's about surrendering to the Holy Spirit who's already at work in you. Not about wearing ourselves out or by working hard to do the right thing without ever changing on the inside. It's about surrendering to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to grow and work with you and walk with you and grow in that. So, in conclusion, say no to the flesh, 
a security blanket, those negative adjectives I described earlier, and instead say yes to the Holy Spirit. Because it's through experiencing the Holy Spirit that you'll be able to experience the good life. Thank you guys for listening. That's all I have for you, but I think Carl Zimmerman is going to come out and give another little thing. So thank you. Let's give a clap for him. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Great. Wasn't that a great sermon by Evely? It is a pleasure to be here this morning. It's really an honor to be here, and I just want to thank Pastor for allowing me to speak here. Um, you know, last week I preached at a church in Oakland, Fairview Covenant Brethren Church, and it had a congregation of about 35 people, so this is definitely a big step up for me. <laughs> but anyways, this morning I want to talk to you about God's unconditional love. So without further ado, I want to jump right into the word of God with Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Isn't that amazing? That even though everything around us fades away, God's unfailing love remains the same. You know, we as humans don't even have the capacity to love each other in that way, because God's love is infinite and it's everlasting. The love that we can give, it doesn't even compare. I mean, the greatest act of unconditional love was how Jesus died for us on the cross while we were still sinners. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we are still dead in our trespasses. You might die for a close friend or for a family member, but to die for somebody who's wronged you and isn't even sorry about it, that's unfathomable. But that's how God loves us. Now I want to do a quick poll here. Who here thinks they have the most siblings? Shout it out. I want to hear some answers. Ten? Ten? Nine? Wow, that's, that's a lot. You guys got me beat. I, I grew up with six siblings, all right? And five of them were brothers, so the one sister was really unlucky. But anybody who has a brother, you guys definitely understand that struggle, right? Well, anyways, while my mom was shopping one day, Two of them decided it was a good idea to start wrestling in a room that was off limits to us. And of course it was fun and games, until one of them kicked a hole in the door. And just for reference, they're wrestling like this, and they, he went back, big hole right in the bottom of the door. And worst of all, they decided to cover it up by putting a picture on it. And of course they couldn't put just one picture on it, because that would have looked suspicious. They covered the entire door with all of these little pictures. And it actually fooled my mom. She actually bought into it. Until a couple weeks later when uh, the wood putty started leaking through the pictures. And then they all had to come down. And then the hole was discovered. And everybody got in trouble, including me. And I didn't even do anything. But I got grounded just for being there. And I was angry with them for what they did. But I still love them because they're my brothers. And my parents still love us because we're her children. And that's how God loves us. We mess up and we sin, but he still loves us. And there will never be a day when God doesn't love you. You can't do or say anything to stop that. Absolutely nothing can separate you from God's love. Amen? So I was listening to some music the other day, and this song came up called Irresponsible by the band Judah. 
And in this song, it talks about how God's love is, quote-unquote, irresponsible because he loves us and pursues us even when we aren't deserving of it. And when we reject God, it hurts him, but he keeps chasing after us. And it reminded me of how I hear about chasing other people and pursuing each other. And when they're rejected, it can be hard on them. And some people will even stumble from this, and it can take them down a destructive path. But Jesus said in Mark 12, 31, to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And this was the second greatest commandment. And Jesus didn't mean for you to love them in a way that until it's not convenient or until, it's, until they don't love you back. He meant for you to love them in a way that reflects Christ. And notice how it doesn't say the way you love yourself is the way you should love your neighbor. No, Jesus means for you to put others above yourself and to love them. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about every relationship you have with everyone around you, including your friends, your family, and even strangers. And so as I was listening to this song, it just shed a better light on how God loves us. And so I shared it with a youth pastor, and he said it was great, except the word irresponsible, it's not really the best word to use because it has a negative meaning. He told me a better word to use would be unconditional, which brings me back to my main point. Excuse me. You see, God loves you no matter what you've done and no matter what you will do. That is true, unconditional love. So now what do we as Christians do about it? Well, if we look in the Bible to 1 John 34 through 35, it says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then in 1 John 3.16, it says, This is how we know what real love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And I believe these verses go hand in hand together because there's a few things that we can get out of it. Firstly, Jesus commands us to love each other. Secondly, we'll be known as Christians by how we love. And thirdly, we have an example of what our love should look like. In today's world, it's very counterculture to love each other in the way Jesus wants us to love. It's unconventional. The world's love is selfish, it's indulgent, it's envious and deceiving. But true love is honest, patient, kind, and it shines a light on the darkness. And even though it's foreign to the world, we need to step up and share the good news of the gospel. And it'll be seen as unconventional, but that's exactly what we are called for to be an unconventional generation called to love others, even in unconventional ways. We're to be bold reflections of Christ, shining his unconditional love on the world. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Carl, you've been talking all about God's love and how great it is. I want to experience that love for myself. And the truth is, you can. And it starts by giving your life to Christ, by choosing to take up your cross daily and to follow him. Because he died for you so that you could have redemption. And if you're still breathing today, there is a God-given purpose in your life. And I want, you to invite, I want to invite you to receive it. Amen. So last Saturday on the 29th, I was driving home from Ohio with my parents. And everything had been going fine until I reached about Friendsville. And that's when I was climbing a hill and a car came driving on the wrong side of the road, on the interstate. And it came by me going at least 100 miles per hour. And if it would have hit me, I would not be here today. And I believe God is using that experience because he wants to remind me that he is the one who is in control and he is the one who has a plan for our lives. 
And I know that he has a plan for each and every one of your lives too. You see, nobody knows the time or the place, so I invite you to accept Jesus now. And you can do, it, you can do that by repeating this simple prayer with me. So I want everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. If you want to accept Christ into your life, you can repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know I've messed up. I know I've fallen short. I ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. Let these young folks know what a great job they did. If you have a, uh, a teenager in your home or in your family, ages 13 to 18, Wednesday nights, 630, you need to get them to youth group, okay? You need to get them to youth group. We are living in a world that um, I don't even know how to describe it anymore, okay? And, and, and you share my frustration, so we won't go down that road. But um, our kids have to be grounded in the Word of God. Our kids need relationship. Not only do we need family, like-minded people of the faith to walk alongside of us, our kids need that as well. And, uh, and a lot of times they're not going to find it anywhere else than church. So Wednesday night, 6.30, ages 13 to 18, uh, fine young folks like this uh, are there every week. And we just want to invite your family to be a part of what's going on there. Well, um, just a couple more things we want to do today. Where's Ramona? Ramona, why don't you come on up here? Um, back in the spring, we started talking to our church about how really what, what was one of our goals for this year was to, to build out our staff. We have been understaffed from day one. 15 years into it, we're still understaffed. And one of the reasons is because God has blessed us so much. Can you say amen? That he just kept bringing people and bringing people and bringing people. And so we've been praying and asking the Lord to provide some help from with right in our church. And a couple of weeks ago, we announced to you that Nicole, I call her McCloskey, but I know it's Jeffrey, she got married, uh, that she has come on and she's began working in kids ministry. And today we want to let you know that Ramona Thomas is joining our staff as a care coordinator. So everyone say, hey, Ramona. I want to give you that. So, um, Ramona, because some people say, what does a care coordinator do? And actually, Ramona has been saying, what does a care coordinator do? So we'll tell you a little bit about that. But uh, first of all, Ramona, how long have you been at Crossroads now? Um, January will be seven years. Seven years. And so you guys came back in the, the day where it was getting real crazy up in that building. It was getting crazy. Yeah, and people <laughs> just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And somewhere in the midst of that was a family of four with a real tall guy. And, uh, and that was your husband, <laughs> Randy. And uh, so you guys have come and, and become a part of the family here. And, uh, and you fit right in. And uh, in, uh, I guess in the last, I don't know, six months or so, God began to do something different in your life. And um, I know my son was talking to you. And then he talked to me. And we were praying. And uh, over the past of the last, I guess, few weeks, um, we've, we've come to... Uh, 
uh, an agreement that we feel like this is God's next step for you, that you would join our staff as we still have flies, folks. I don't, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. That would be my first job. First... Get rid of the <laughs> Ramona, this is her test. She has two weeks to get rid of every fly in this building. But uh, anyway, are you excited about joining the team? Hold that I, mic up there. They can I am you. so excited. I absolutely believe that this is God-driven. It's an answer to prayers. Um, coming in this week, I just kept saying, I can't believe I get to come here and work and, and love on people and, and do what I love. Yeah. So I'm honored and I'm humbled. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited. One of Ramona's giftings, she is a nurturer. And so... Um, a lot of folks don't really understand what happens at church. Like, you know what happens here on Sunday, but you don't know what happens here the rest of the week. Well, we have lots and lots of people that attend this church now. And anytime you get a big group of people, um, there are needs that come up. People are sick. People have surgery. People in the hospital. People are having marriage issues. People need somebody to talk to. Um, there's just all sorts of things that happen that we would call pastoral care. Okay, that's what we call it is pastoral care. But what has happened as the church has grown, we have too many people now for one or two people to take care of in that in that element of pastoral care. And so what Ramona is going to do, she is going to help organize our system of pastoral care and then organize a team of volunteers to help carry that out. So what we want our congregation to know is that in the weeks to come, you know, if you're going through a situation in your life where you're needing prayer or you're needing a visit or whatever the need might be, you're going to start hearing from some other people in our church, not just me, not just Brandon, um, but you're going to hear from some other people who are part of our care team. But when they reach out to you, it's because we heard of that need and we said, hey, Ramona, we need you to dispatch somebody over to that hospital or somebody over to that house. What we're saying is we want to do the best job that we can and caring for our congregation, but we reached the point several years ago that we could not do it in the old systems of, of me trying to answer every phone call or me trying to be in every meeting or Brandon trying to cover the things I couldn't. It's just too big. I'm glad it's big, but we, we take it serious. We don't want people to fall through the cracks. We want our congregation to be loved and cared for, and so Ramona is going to help do that and help coordinate those systems. All right. So again, we're glad to have you on board. And uh, I'm going to ask Patty, uh, she can hand that mic to her and congregation, you've been sitting for a while. Why don't you stand up and will you help us pray over Ramona? It's going to, there's a little learning curve here. She's been working in healthcare for a number of years. And of course, care was a big part of your job there. Uh, but she's going to do it a little differently here at Crossroads Church. And we just want to ask God to bless her and anoint her. And I'm asking you as the congregation to open your heart to her to make her job easy and blessed. Can you say amen? Let's pray over her today. God, we thank you for Ramona. We thank you for this woman of God that you have brought to this church. We thank you, Lord, that she's been a part of this ministry for a long time. It's not just something that's new to her, but she has loved the church and she has loved the people of the church. So she, this is just another step that she's taking to be able to minister to people. So Lord, I ask you to anoint her. Give her the ability to do her job effectively and efficiently. Give her ideas and plans and thoughts from you as she steps onto the, the, the grounds, Lord. Let her day be blessed. Yeah. 
just line up her day. Speak to her all throughout the day. Give her just a, a vision for what this new position will be and how to accomplish things, how to minister to people. Give her a word and season to those who are in need, those who are hurting, those who are sick and weary and tired and just don't know where else to turn. Help her to be able to minister to those people and really step in and meet the needs that they have to be able to, to uh, line them up, Lord, with the right care that they need here in this church. Then help her to be able to be the go-between between Brandon and Dave, that she would be able to uh, maybe convey what needs to happen and to be able to talk with them, help them all to work together. Let there just be a spirit of unity within the offices here that everyone that is working at Crossroads Church, that they would enjoy their service. They would enjoy their service to the Lord, that they would enjoy coming to work. We just thank you for a good atmosphere in this building. We thank you that you're going to continue to lead and direct Dave as he is the head of this ministry, and then Brandon and Ramona as they step in and say, how can we help? We thank you, Lord, that we're going to be able to see other people coming to our church being ministered to. We thank you that that you're doing an amazing work here at Crossroads, and it's only going to increase. And we thank you for that increase right now. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Welcome aboard. All right. Well, since you're standing, we're going to do, uh, how about this uh, youth team lead us in one more song here this morning. All right. Let's, let's continue to worship. to the drummer. <laughs> uh, um, the good thing about having multiple kids is that you sometimes get multiple drummers. Welcome the oldest member of our youth team, David Marsh III, uh, here. And, uh, um, he's going to get uh, suited up here, and um, he's going to give us the count off. And if anyone happens to see a slightly smaller version of him, that's our son Caleb, and hopefully he's okay, because I just have no idea. I know some of y'all are thinking, I know you guys, and he's going to, like, repel down from the rafters. No, we have no idea where he's at right now. So, um, anyway, David, you ready? Four clicks, please, on that hi-hat. You have been faithful 
sermon on, un, on the security blanket and Carl on unconditional love. So uh, never stop singing about the goodness of God. There's nothing, there's nothing better they could do, is there? Yeah, you're using your gifts to serve God. Continue to do this forever. Thank you for today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. You're so, so good to us, and I don't know why. But we receive it, and we thank you for the way that you bless us. Lord, I thank you for uh, the way that you're using people here 
in mighty ways. We don't do mighty things. We do little things with great love. And you do the rest, Lord. You've done mighty things here. We thank you for this, this time that we can celebrate you. And we leave here encouraged. We leave here ready to serve. Lord, use us all this week. And we give this time, we give this week to you. Thank you for blessing us. Amen.